We came for salvation. We came for family. We came for all that's good. That's how we'll walk away. Aloha. Welcome to the Layman's Lounge podcast, a ministry of the laymanslounge.com, where we exist to bring everyday theology for everyday life. Please send any questions or comments or Christmas cheer to Jason at thelaymanslounge.com. Today, I'm joined by the paterfamilias and exegete par excellence, <laughs> Sir Tom Schreiner. Aloha, Dr. Schreiner. Thank you. Aloha, Jason. I, I've heard, I've been reading that the weather in the Hawaiian Islands has been rather tumultuous. Is that where you, is that happening where you are? Listen, it, it is. There is a legit blizzard warning in Hawaii. I'm on the big island of Hawaii. And um, in fact, today you'll hear like echo because the internet's knocked out of my house. So I'm scrounging literally on the island trying to find internet. The only people that would let me come is this random Lutheran church. So I'm in the preschool of a Lutheran church right now. Oh, that's hilarious. Oh, wow. Is it so is it rainy and windy there? So it's I know it's baffling. It's super rainy, super windy. The trees are falling everywhere. All the beaches are closed and the tourists are everywhere. Just like, what are we supposed to do? And they can't even watch Netflix because the internet's down. <laughs> so they have nothing to do. <laughs> Thank the Lord I'm in Louisville, even though it's 35 degrees out. Oh, it's true. So in on this island, we have, it's something like, it's called Mauna Kea. And it's the, lar- it's the tallest mountain in the world from the bottom of the sea or some sort of random thing. And so it snows up there. And two nights ago, there was um, 12, 12 inches of snow. <laughs> wow. Wow. So we got our, we got Christmas vibes. Um, what do, so I, I mentioned this always, I know I say it a lot, but I'm an Amy Grant man. That's my Christmas. I grew up tender Tennessee Christmas. If, if you had to like get one Christmas album or song, what one are you what one are you cranking in the car? You know, um, I mean, it's changed over the years, but I really like uh, St. Paul's Cathedral. Oh. That's kind of classical stuff. I mean, you know, but it's I love it. I love I love what they do. You know, I don't even know. Don't judge me. I don't even know what that is. Like, is That's, that a, like a, cor- a choir? It's a choir. It's a choir. Yeah, St. Paul's Cathedral in in, uh, in London, England. Yeah. Okay. I like that kind of stuff, but if unless I know the words, I can never really hear what they're saying because it's like 30 people singing. So <laughs> if I know the words, all right, I'm going to find that. I'm going to post that on the show notes. I'm also going to post our last year's interview. Like this time last year, I was joined by Dr. Schreiner for a, a Christmas survey of Luke 1, 1 through 221. And so I've been getting pumped for our uh, chat today. I've been reading you. I've been reading your son on Matthew. I've been getting ready. I've been reading Calvin doing some recon. So anyways, thank you. Uh, so Matthew 1, 1 opens with literally the first line of the book is this. The book of the genealogy of Jesus. Oh, I'm sorry. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham, end quote. So there's 1, 1, right? That's the ESV. So maybe we can start with this passage. How are we to understand this word book? So for me, I'm sort of this, I'm a Kyperian, so I'm always thinking Genesis, right? I'm always going back there. And so I'm thinking like, 
I forget what you call it, like the Toledoth or something like that. Like this is the book or the generations of. So as I was reading other folks, they're like, no, that's probably not it. <laughs> but anyways, I'm confused by we're saying this is the book of, because if anything, it's just the genealogy or is it like the intro that's up to four or is it the entire book of like the, you know, of Matthew? So what, what's the, how do you understand the book or are you just like, I don't know. Um, well, yeah, he, <laughs> I, I'm not sure exactly if the book, I, I think the second word takes us back to Genesis, mm. the book of the, you know, it's, 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 uh, the exact word that is used. Mm. Um, I think the, I think this is just talking about the genealogy. I like how the Christian standard Bible translates at an account of the genealogy. Uh so I, I, I lean towards it being the first 17 verses, but you know, we really, Patrick knows more about Matthew than I do. I feel I'm, I have fear and trembling that my own son, let's not tell him I did this podcast, <laughs> that he will come and reprove me and tell me I'm wrong. He's going to so, clean, he's going to clean you up. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no, so, next Next year, we're doing some um, Christmas with Paul. So that'll be good if I could rope you in next year. Right, what about what about this? Why open with the line? The, so the, the passage again, one, one, the book of gene, genealogy or the account of Jesus Christ. And here it goes. The son of David, the son of Abraham, you know, period. Right. Yeah. So why are we not opening with Jesus? who is God or Jesus, the one who saves people from hell or Jesus, the one who puts things to right. Why, why is the first place Matthew's going to want to take me is to David and Abraham? Yeah. Well, I'm, and, and then, and then we have the genealogy. So it begins as a genealogy. So let me make a comment about that. Mm -hmm. Isn't that, isn't that remarkable? <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, sometimes we say to people, well, you should read the Bible, read the New Testament. Well, we usually don't tell people to start with Matthew because of this, right? Right, yeah. Like this, people, open, but, you know, it's the perfect first book in the New Testament, isn't it? Because, yeah. because, so I just want to back up and say that this, that there's a sense of history in scripture. There's a sense of the significance of history, a significance of God's covenant promises. I mean, that's all, that's all there in this genealogy, yeah. which I think another way to put it is, you know, we don't know, we don't really, I mean, we have stories about some of these people, but most of these people we know nothing about, right? right? But their lives mattered. And yeah. Their lives mattered not just historically, but salvation historically. Redemptive, they, they, there was a redemptive historical significance to these lives. And then, yeah, I mean, if, if, if we look at the first verse, the, the covenantal themes scream at us, right? Yeah. It's very interesting that he begins, he begins with David. I mean, anybody who knows the Old Testament, which the Jews did, knows that God made a covenant with David, 2 Samuel 7, that there'd be a king uh, from his line, a dynasty that would, would never end. And of course, that dynasty had all sorts of ups and downs. I mean, that, 
David was a thousand years earlier. So you have all kinds of ups and downs, but you know, the prophets reaffirm that. I mean, just off the top of my head, right? Hosea chapter three, verse five, we see it. Of course, we see it a lot of places in Isaiah, right? Isaiah nine, Isaiah 11, um, Isaiah 55, other, other texts in Isaiah. We see it in Ezekiel 34 and uh, 37. We see it in Jeremiah 23, and I think Jeremiah 33, um, Zechariah 9. And, you know, we could mention other passages, but I'd like to mention those other passages just so we say, look, this is, this is stitched into the fabric of the hope of, of Israel. Right, because, right. because now Israel's under the thumb of the Romans, and they, you know, they had this brief period of liberation under the Maccabees, but mainly they, for the previous 400 years, well, really longer than that, since they went into exile, the nation has been very insignificant. Right, right, right. So, so you have that promise to David. And then, of course, he's the son of Abraham. Well, of course, I mean, when we go back to Genesis, that, again, the covenant with Abraham, which is un absolutely fundamental to the biblical storyline, the, the promise of, of land offspring and uh and uh, universal blessing and so clearly matthew is starting this book i mean he calls he says he's jesus the messiah i mean there's another davidic mm -hmm. so matthew's beginning by saying the promises uh have been fulfilled i mean matthew's writing Matthew's writing this after all the events have taken place. This, this is a, we always have to remember that when we read the Gospels, there are the events that take place in space and time, and then we have the Matthean reflection upon the events. Well, clearly, right. Clearly, right. clearly from the first verse, we have that reflection. Now, this is Matthew, <laughs> you know, we ought to remember Matthew's a tax collector. Patrick has written about this in his book. He's a scribe. He's mm -hmm. a, he's an you know, I'm, I'm talking too long, but he's an organizer, isn't he? he right. I mean, this, this gospel is so well organized, and we see that right from the beginning in this remarkable genealogy. So you've done a good job in just, you know, in your career, in your ministry, sort of walking us backwards and showing the history of redemption. I forget where it is, by the way. I don't know if it's in the ESV where you have like, go like, Every single book in the Bible. Oh, where did you? Anyways. And the King and His Beauty. My book, The King and His yeah. Beauty. Yeah. Oh, that is so amazing. That, but I, Sometimes I read that. I'm like, how long would it have taken him just to do this one thing? Anyway, sorry. But. Um, and then I wrote a little book on covenant. If something, somebody wants something shorter. That's right. Nice. Right. Yeah. That's right. The crossway. Well, so you've kind of, you've sort of helped take us the best you could on, on a road to Emmaus. Right. So sort of highlighting some of these things in the past. Now I'm thinking, okay, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm a first century Jew, I'm like housewife, you know, I'm housewife taking care of the kids and work, you know, what doing my thing, what sort of like, what's my biblical theology. And like, we really highlight the covenant, you know, and you just mentioned all those passages and it, are, it, are they thinking this? I'm just thinking out loud with you. I really don't know. I'm just thinking they're thinking land, freedom, 
And I know blessings on there, but is that really one of the ones they're thinking? I'm thinking they're thinking land free, land and freedom and freedom to worship God and, and take care of the Jewish crew. I, I, my thought is that's what I think sort of the average lay, lay Hebrew, you know, Jewish person in the first century is thinking. So all that to say, are when we're when we read about Abraham and David, is this are they instantly connecting it with like land and freedom, or are they going to start expounding that and and they really have to nuance it in this book to really show the sort of different sort of Messiah that they're going to get? Yeah, well, I I think most right most most Jews end up not believing in Jesus, and uh, so when we read the gospel <laughs> as a whole. Yeah. He, yeah, he, he, I mean, it begins really with John the Baptist, right? Mm. The, even, even the scribes and the uh, Pharisees, he says, you, you guys are, um, uh, God, God, God can raise up uh, sons of Abraham from rocks. <laughs> so yeah, there, there is kind of a sense of uh, ethnic pride, of ethnic privilege, mm-hmm. and the, Matthew's going to end right with the Great Commission: go to go to all nations. And mm-hmm. of course, we have, we have the story of the centurion in chapter eight. So I I think you're right. I mean, obviously there there are pious Jews who believe in Jesus and trust in Him. Well, I mean, we think of His mother. We talked about Luke yeah. last year, right? His mother. Yeah. I, I'm sure she had ups and downs in her faith, but she clearly ended up being a, she's a believer, right? Right. But, but most of them didn't believe. And so I think you're right. The probably most of them read this as, hey, this is for us. And it's not for the Gentiles. Mm. But, but Matthew would correct that misreading and say, yeah. okay, let's remember what the promise really is. So it's like, it's more, it's more like, uh, an apologetic right it's not so obviously laid out in front of you like in the same way parables are sort of hidden like it really is sort of a i mean we always grew up hearing oh the messiah they were expecting sort of a political messiah so now that i'm 42 is that really what you where you think they're really just expecting sort of a political messiah and um and do you really think they were thinking oh we're also blessed to be a blessing <laughs> i don't know if you would have any way to know that but i feel like that's not what i think i would assume they're thinking about well I, again i think i think the majority probably focus on the first you know we have some evidence for this uh you could probably find it on the internet if you google it but if you read a book called the psalms of solomon mm-hmm. it's, it's a it's a pseudepigraphal book that is solomon didn't write it but it was written maybe 50 bc read chapters 17 and 18 basically those chapters say God's going to bring in a Davidic king and he's going to, yeah, yes, he's going to judge the unholy in Israel, but he's also going to get the Gentiles out of here. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to cleanse Jerusalem. It's not so much that that's wrong. I mean, he talks, they talk about the wicked in the nation as well, but there doesn't seem to be, you know, I'm going by memory here, but I, there doesn't seem to be a clear emphasis on the blessing to the Gentiles. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't. I think that's right. That's not something most Jews were focused on. Yeah, like I love that. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. But I'm like, I just don't know if the rank and file Jews like. I just, 
I want to get out today in my piety, be in a blessed, uh, be a blessed to be a blessing. <laughs> All right. So, so on that one, one, we've got, okay. You know, the book of, we got Jesus, son of, son of David, son of Abraham. Then we move on one, two to 16. And it's this, ge- this genealogy. Can we even call it a genealogy? It's like, you yeah. know, clearly, you know, it's kind of different than some of the other accounts. So we've, there's this notion of, of these 14 generations, right? There's this, um, how is this sort of, okay, you got like, I think it's like 14 from the time of Abraham to David, which I would assume in the Jewish reader, like that's the golden era, right? And then I think you got like David to the deportation, you know, to Babylon, the exile. And then, and then 14 from the exile until Jesus. So like, I think I'm, I don't know if I'm reading NT right too much, but my thought is, are they thinking they're still in exile, even they're not like literally? Yeah, well, yeah, and I, I'm, and I'm going to back up again, and I just want to say, so we know we know Matthew skipped some names, right? So, uh, which is fine in a genealogy. It's not. It's this is not attempt. He's not attempting to be a comprehensive genealogy. Mm-hmm. So, so we see his artistry, right? The yeah. three, the three fourteens. This is structured very, very carefully by, by Matthew. And uh, yeah, I think, you know, it depends on people parse that in different ways. Whether the word exile is the best word, although Matthew uses it, I think theologically, there, there are some objections to it, but I think theologically that it's essentially right. Mm. All I want to say is the promises aren't fulfilled. The promises in Isaiah 40 through 66 is the nation will return from exile. And when they're returned from exile, there'll be the new creation. There'll be the the new covenant. There'll be a new exodus and there'll be a new David. That's how I'd summarize it. Those things haven't, those things haven't happened. Well, let me qualify that. They did come back into the land, but all those promises weren't fulfilled. So, yeah, I mean that's when you know we talked about Luke last year. That's what that's what both Mary and Zechariah sing about. You're go, you're going to you're going to fulfill those promises. So I'm I I think that's I think N.T. Wright is correct on that fundamentally. The, right, right, right. The story we have to keep the story in our mind, and I think that's really helpful because we read a genealogy and they we say there's no story here. Right. But there is a story. Yeah, yeah. And you've got to read that in light of uh, in light of the whole. This is this is not just a boring list of names. Yeah. This is this is this is all about a story. This is about history. Mm-hmm. History. What happens in history matters. Which so, is, you know, it's not. I I find find this very comforting, even for our own lives. Right. It's not all, as Shakespeare said, sound and fury signifying nothing. Right. Well, uh that every person here their history the history of the nation as a whole the history of the world mm-hmm. is significant and it matters and it's going somewhere mm-hmm. you know there's uh redemption is well of course it's come now but it, it, when jesus was first born redemption is coming Redem- Redem- right right in the birth of the christ Now, for me, when I wake up, perspective navel gazing, but I'm worried. I'm like, all right, I'm up in the morning. 
And I just want to be like, I want to please God. I want to be pious. I want to love God. I want to love others. Those are sort of my, that's my sort of my default MO. I'm not sure. Like we've kind of been hitting it. We, how can we really know? I don't know, but I'm not really sure that that's like the MO of like, you know, a Jewish person in the first century. They're probably not thinking, oh, I, I better be ethical today. You know, in the face of God living quorum Dale. I don't know. Maybe they're just thinking, oh, I hate. I hate being under the, like you said, you know, under the thumb of the Romans or whatever. So, no, I, I think they would have thought, look, what God wants us to do. I think they would have thought the reason, at least the, the majority of the Jews, I think they'd say the reason we're under the thumb of the Romans is we're not keeping the Torah, mm. we're not keeping the law. And so what we got to do, and I, Wright says this as well, and again, I think he's correct on this. The, the the reason we're not being blessed is we're not doing what God says. And um, if we if what what if we can turn our lives around and obey, so I think mo most of those who are thinking rightly would say we're, we're being judged by God. This is what they're, you know, these are what the holy books say. Wow. Why, why did we go into exile? Because we've sinned. So why why are things not going well? Because we're not doing what God said. Wow. So I think they would wake up and think, we got to do God's will. But isn't this interesting? We know from reading the whole book that they still got it wrong. <laughs> yeah. So well, that's crazy. So you really, that's actually, you're right. I mean, what am I thinking? Like all the prophets are like, you guys are depraved, clean up your act. So you're right. They probably are. They're getting up thinking we better clean up our act. I guess for me, it's more like I want to clean up my act just because I don't know now that I just feel like it's, it's my new nature or whatever. And maybe then they were just trying to like, you know, some people want to clean up their act because they want to like, um, they think like their works have to do with getting them out of hell and being in good favor with God. Luckily, I don't think that it's just, it's just what I'm called unto. And I wonder if, but yeah, I think you're right. I think they're probably just thinking I got to clean up my act so we could not be, you know, under, under the, the thumb, you know, of, of these Romans or whatnot. So question on this sort of the, the last question on the genealogy, right? And that's, that's this, and you might not know this one's really bizarre, but is this the line? Okay. And it says one sixteen. the one sixteen is the last line. It says this and Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary of whom Jesus was born, who's called Christ. So it's, it looks like we're following the line of Jake. Uh, I'm sorry, of Joseph, right? And not necessarily Mary. And again, you might not have any idea. Any, most people I read really kind of don't know either. But just if you had any thought, did the Messiah have to be like <laughs> Mary, like Mary's side? Because it's like physically her, or, but you know, I think also you see in the Old Testament, it's like adopted and they sort of become. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. And, um, well, and also, and this one, this is a weird one to me. If since Joseph was in the Davidic line, I often think like, and that was such a big deal to them. Did I wonder if they sort of everyone sort of knew like, oh, there's David, even though he's a carpenter, man, he's actually in the Davidic line. I don't know how on earth we would know that. Maybe Craig Keener would know that. He knows all that random stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's you know, it's it's a it's a perennial issue because the, the genealogy in Luke differs. Mm -hmm. And 
I think, you know, there's a lot of different attempts to do this. I don't think one is Mary's genealogy and one is Joseph's genealogy. Uh, uh. But I think, but it's, I think what we have going on here is Leverett marriage. That somebody died in the line and then that it, it, it was transferred over. So to a brother and, and, and that ends up being Joseph. But that's a very complicated solution. It might not be right. Um, the, but this is a solution that goes way back in church history to a, a guy named Africanus. Mm. So th this is not... The, the, this this is not something people have just come up with recently, but you know the early interpreters reading these books they noticed the difference and they proposed solutions. Mm -hmm. a, another one is that one is Mary's line and the other is uh, uh, Joseph's, mm -hmm. um, but I think they're both Joseph's line actually. So okay, okay, okay. complicated. <laughs> so Matthew one or no 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 um. Oh, okay. Um, Matthew. Okay. One, one says the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ. One seventeen says Babylon to the Christ 14 generations. Verse 18 says now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way and on and on. Obviously I didn't even have to look for that. It's just clearly popping out. All right. Matthew wants me to get Christ. And I think just like Awana 101, I'm thinking Christ is like the same as messiah which means anointed one or something or like the king like whatever it is i feel like we really need to get it you know so what exactly are, am i reading when i'm reading christ like i should get it because he wants me to yeah and I, well i think you're right christ messiah is christ who's the anointed one he's the king mm -hmm. so you know these are these are editorial decisions by matthew mm -hmm. Matthew wants us to see Jesus as the Messiah. You've been waiting for the Messiah. So this is another way of saying he's the king you've been waiting for. Hmm. Uh, he's, he's the anointed one that God has chosen, which is interesting, right? Because Jesus doesn't call himself the Christ very much in the gospel, in the story. Probably because the, what we were already talking about, the people would misunderstand it and too much in political terms. Yeah, 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 but, yeah. But Matthew writing subsequently wants to make it very clear, look, from the very beginning, he doesn't want readers to guess who is who is Jesus of Nazareth. Mm. He comes, you know, and all the gospel writers do this, if you think about it, right? Uh, you know, Mark just right out of the gate, the gospel of, uh, of Jesus, the... Mm. Christ, the Son of God, boom, boom. Right. God in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Um, Luke takes a little bit longer, but he gets there very yeah. quickly. Yeah. So, so we see, you know, you're they're trying to form and shape the the understanding of the hearer. You know, you noticed it, but mm. even if you don't notice it, it informs you as a reader. Right? Yeah, you begin yeah. to. Of course, who is Jesus? He's the Christ. <laughs> um, uh so and of course for for a jewish reader that's not his last name right <laughs> it means you're the king and uh and of course it's all over paul as well mm -hmm. uh, christ so it's yeah it's fundamental to the new testament it's a fulfillment of that covenant with david again we'll get a little we'll get a little trinitarian action right here so what are ways that you think folks would understand so after you know after the genealogy, and um, then you've got like 
you know, Joseph, he's being, a, he's a just man. Cause he finds out she's with child from the spirit. He's going to divorce her um, quietly or whatever. But I want to hit that. Not just so much that she's pregnant, but it's quote in the ESV from the spirit. Uh, what is, where's that at? That is one nineteen, right? And her husband, Joseph being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame result, uh, result. That's one nineteen quietly. Okay. And one twenty. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, uh, do not fear to take Mary as your wife for that, which is conceived in her is from the Holy spirit. And I've just assumed that like, oh yeah, it's from the Holy spirit. But like, <laughs> what on earth could this possibly mean to someone? Maybe it's, maybe it's something obvious, but like, for like what, what, when someone were to hear that, that a child, the, the king was conceived by this or from the spirit. Do you have any idea on what that, what categories would have, even, would there have even been categories of this from the spirit? Yeah. Well, can I mention something again? Isn't it interesting that the angel says, Joseph, son of David? Yes. So, you know, Matthew slips it in again. You, you, you know, you don't, Matthew doesn't tell us everything that happened, but again, the Davidic origin is, is clear. Well, I, I would just say, you know, what C.S. Lewis said a long time ago, they, they knew what we knew. They knew babies came from sexual union right? They knew that. They, they, the Jews, there's no other instance where they're saying, yeah, well, they have a baby. It's from the spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no other example of that. Mm-hmm. So, so what does it mean? I think it means pretty much what it means to us. Mm-hmm. What if, what if we were told, you know, the baby and her <laughs> is from the Holy spirit. Well, what would most of us say? <laughs> Well, that's crazy. That's not true. Oh, really? Okay. So it's just, it really is meant to go. Wow. Okay. Because that's why, I, I think that's why Joseph uh, wanted to put her aside. Oh, I don't know God. what Mary said to him, but whatever she said, he didn't believe it. Right. <laughs> of course you wouldn't believe that, but, but he had a dream and the dream convinced him, uh, you know, you could say, well, nothing would ever convince me. Well, the dream convinced him, you know? <laughs> so uh, he, he had a supernatural revelation. And I think, you know, we think back to Luke, the, the, the Gabriel says, hey, you're going to have a child. And she says, well, I have a question. How? Because <laughs> I'm not having sexual relations with anybody. Right, right. Um, well, he says it's from the spirit. Mm-hmm. And that's really, I think it's a work of God in Mary's heart. She says, okay. Yeah. She does, she, she doesn't, she realizes this is, this is a miracle at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This transcends human understanding. We can't, mm-hmm. we can't understand it, but clearly this is not a phys. They wouldn't understand this physically. Uh-huh. But, there's all kinds of stories of Greek gods getting, you know, women. Right, right. but it's not that, you know, it's very, it's a, it's a mysterious. I uh, love that then. So you basically, they would have been like, what? Just like, I'm like, what? Okay. That's good to know. I wasn't sure if there was some super, um, you know, exegetical thing that I should have been aware of, but yeah. Okay. Here, last, last, last little section to hit you with. 
I love this, by the way. Please come to Hawaii, and I just want to, I just want to sit with you so long and just chat. Okay, okay. Matthew one twenty one in the ESV says, "She will bear a son, and you shall." So this is the angel to Joseph in the dream. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will, for he will save his people from his sins. So, you know, whenever I read, you know, for I'm like, okay, like this is the big reason, like therefore, for like the do this because of that, and so. Again, I, it's almost the same question I start with earlier, but it's like, she'll bear a son. Okay. He's going to be from the Holy Spirit. You're going to call him name Jesus, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you would expect, and he's going to kick out the Romans, man. He's going to be taking names. The heads are going to be rolling like David, but it's like, and he's going to save people from their sins. Is that like unclimactic to them? Do you think, you know what I mean? Like for me, I'm not a Gentile. So I'm like, okay. I mean, I'm not a Jew living back then under Roman rule. So I received that with joy. But what, do you think that landed like the, the uppercut that it really is? Or was it just more like, oh, okay. I think, you know, that saving from their sins. I mean, it's hard to say, right? Did, did, did uh, Joseph and Mary tell everybody right away that the angel said that? Because, you know, we read this in Matthew. Clearly, uh, Matthew wants us to read it in light of the whole gospel mm. and in light of Jesus going to the cross. Mm. The Son of Man came not to uh, be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Mm-hmm. So this, this is so this points us to the end of the gospel, and we recognize, wow, there are many chapters devoted to Jesus' cross and resurrection. So... I do think, though, when we look at the story as a whole, it's the same issue today, right? Most people, at least those who have a harder heart, which is all of us by nature, they don't think they need that kind of salvation, Mm. right? Yeah, Yeah, that's right. I don't need to be saved from my sins. They're not that great. I mean, (laughs) it's not that significant. Right. You're right. It's, it's usually just save me from Trump or save me from Biden. That's like, they think that's the salvation is like political and like physical. Yeah. yeah. So I think, yeah, I think this is a major theme in the gospel. And again, I think Jesus came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance, but we know that's somewhat ironical. No one's righteous. Right. So, so here, here we have that subversive element working in the gospel, mm-hmm. that the, the recognition of, of that we're sinners, and, and it's actually a little bit of a forecast of what's to come. Mm-hmm. That, that message of Jesus doesn't resonate very well, and, the, and, and they put him to death. The, he right, is, you're right. <laughs> he's not... He, he's not the kind of Messiah they expected. He's no. the suffering servant, yeah. which, we see, which we see in Matthew 12. He quotes Isaiah 42, the suffering servant mm-hmm. uh, passage. And it's so fascinating because um, Jesus, it says Jesus doesn't shout in the street. He doesn't, he doesn't come as a warrior, right? If you bring your armies in the street, but yeah. he, he comes as a... A savior who suffers. So yeah. good. Okay, last question, and then I'm gonna let you go. It's been so good. Before I want to make one observation, even from a year now, 
as I'm looking at myself, man, I have aged not well, but you are aging good. Are you jogging and doing push-ups and like <laughs> drinking like cast, like drinking like some holistic like oils or something? You're I looking good I, right now. I, I think you're going to live far longer than I will, Jason. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So la- here's the last one. Um, and don't judge me on this. This is pretty bad. I'm trying to, you know, you know, they say you're an expert when you could really sort of dumb something down. And I'm trying to like give my kids the big picture of Christmas. <clears throat> and I think I'm striking out a little bit. So I'm like, all right, you guys, I talk about creation. I, t- I say, you know, God's present with his people. Then you have the, then you have the fall, the rebellion and, and God's presence is removed. And then sort of, it sort of comes, you know, through the temple. But then when Jesus, Jesus comes that you know, as far as the curse is found, like the, the presence is, is restored. And as most of the Advent readings I'm reading are saying stuff like that. Right. But here's sort of my problem. I'm like, my kids are probably looking at me like, what? I'm not walking in the cool of day with Jesus right now. Everything still sucks. I'm like, you know, I'm thinking that's what they're thinking. Cause that's what I'm, what I'd be kind of thinking. So it's like, I almost need to explain them to like, now move on to the already and not yet, which I don't hear much in the Advent <laughs> readings. So as we close out, do you have any thoughts on that? And what can I pass on to my kids? So they're like, you know, like the, uh, what, what is like the weightiest aspect about this? Yeah. Well, yeah. So you're, I mean, you didn't say the word, but you're obviously thinking of the promise, right? Emmanuel, God with us. Yeah. Yeah. And- and that, that's how the gospel ends, right? With the great commission. I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. So, but I think it actually answers what you said. When he's saying, I'm sending you out into the world, it's not, and it's going to be like a vacation <laughs> in uh, beautiful Hawaii, right? Those of you who live <laughs> Those of you who live there, I know it's not a vacation. It's for one thing, it's expensive to live there. But so it's not a there. I'm I'm with you, Emmanuel, God with us. But you read the whole gospel, there's this clear recognition. Life's tough, yeah. right? You have uh, relationship issues, uh, financial issues, health issues. Um, political issues. I mean, on and on. So that he, he is with us. Yes. And there isn't already, not yet. There, it's going to be different in the future, but he's with us now. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, isn't that remarkable to, I, I mean, again and again, when people are fearful, when Jeremiah is fearful, because he says, I'm not a good speaker. <laughs> right. I'm too young to do this. And, and Moses says that. What does he say? I'm with you. Yeah. So I think that with you theme, which we're reminded of, of this at Christmas, is I'm with you in your pain. I'm with you in your suffering. I'm with you in your anxiety. I'm with you oh. in, your, in your stress. Wow. So it's not I'm with you and every day is like a party. Some wow. days are like a party. Praise the Lord. Wow. You know, yeah. there are great times, but there's hard times. And there's uh, grief and I'm, I'm with you in your grief. And so there is a, there's kind of a sense of oh, Christmas. We're just all cheery and happy and 
we but not you know we know that christmas for many people is very sad because maybe they've lost a loved one that they can't celebrate christmas with anymore or or they've lost their job or whatever you know so i i think that theme that he's with us is uh he's he's with us in our joys but he's also with us in our sufferings i love that you 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 literally just mopped up my parenting because i'm like thinking yeah he's with us and we're back in the garden no 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 it's not it right so thank you for that thank you for your time any any books from you coming out soon or recent that we should keep our eyes peeled on well, my book, I don't know if you've seen it. I just really, it just came out this book on the book of Revelation called The Joy of Hearing. Right. Uh, so that book just came out uh, a few days ago. Uh-oh. And, okay. and I'm working on, I've done, a, I've done the ESV expository commentary on Revelation, but I'm doing, and I'm, I'm just about done. I'm doing uh, the Baker exegetical commentary on Revelation as well. That's about to come out, but it's like four hundred ten thousand words. So, <laughs> all right, we might, we we might, I might need to haggle you again uh, down the road to maybe talk some revelation. Thank you and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, Jason. We came for salvation. We came for family. We came for all that's good, that's how we'll walk away. We came to break the bad, we came to cheer the sad, we came to leave.